back to Wasteland and Anime Pod. I'm Dom. And I'm Nathaniel. What's up? Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Firing on all cylinders. Uh, baby. Bro, Chacho. How you doing? What's up? What's new? Uh, um, man, a whole lot of... Eh, a whole lot of nothing. Okay, okay. It's going to say a whole lot of this, a whole lot of that, but you know what? I'm not a liar. Look at us. We're, we're twinsies right now. The only difference? I know. You got that V-neck. You got that crew neck. I know. I'm a crew neck kind of guy. Look, I don't blame you, but when I'm wearing an undershirt, I need it to be a V. Not a deep V or anything. Just mm. a V, you know? Yeah. Like an undershirt. I, I'm weird about... Yeah. Too, I'm weird uh, about my collar show. Like, yeah. underneath my top shirt you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah if you got like a button-up or a sweater you don't really want to be showing that collar Mm -hmm. well i will say under a crew neck like a crew neck sweater i'm fine with it because i feel like it's an accent piece sometimes Mm. i'll wear like one color crew neck and then a different colored undershirt that does show in order to offset it but I'm a bit of a fashion forward thinking man. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm out there in the streets doing a lot of uh, streetwear promotions, thinking about doing my own clothing line. Mm. And what's that called? It'll probably be like something wasteland adjacent. So that way, I mean, we oh. got to keep the brand strong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to go uh, coming up with like Domco jeans or something like that and <laughs> fuck up the money that we could be making with crossover promotion. So it'll be it'll be something like wasteland apparel. I don't know yet. Cool. I, as long talks. as I get a cut, ten uh, percent cut on all sales. Uh, I don't know why you would. I'm the one that came up with uh, the wasteland moniker. So <laughs> hey, f- fair enough. That's yeah, right. That's yeah, we right. haven't but we haven't signed what? any papers regarding this. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, this has all been a gentleman's <laughs> agreement for like. <laughs> yeah. Over 10 years, we just like nod and we're like, all right, you're not going to fuck me over. I'm not going to fuck you over. But it's because we have a caveat. If, if something does come along where we could fuck one of us over, we might take it. That's like the yeah. slim, like, like that's the fine print. The only reason uh, like a business decision like this can exist where we've just done podcasting under the same name more or less for like 10 years with just a gentleman's agreement spoken word is because we have not seen a dime from any of this the minute money starts coming through (laughs) then we gotta like figure something out but so far there's been no uh no trademarks no llc's Mm -hmm. no anything we're just we're just cruising cruising along because uh we shook on it years and years ago and it's Hey, it hasn't broken us up yet. You know what I'm saying? But like no. you said, the minute someone is just like, oh, man, I'd love to listen to your show. Is there any way I can pay you? Like if any if anyone said that to us, like one on one, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. S- slide me like five. And like we'd get that money and our personality would completely change. You know, we'd come to the we'd come to this like Zoom call. Fucking blinged out fucking mm. like i would be rocking furs you know i don't know what your equivalent would be um as a man of the people as a man of the animals you know what i'm saying like me personally i'd be dripped in leathers just in a full like yeah head to toe eddie murphy raw red body suit yeah i'm not sure yet i have to i have to think about that 
I'm gonna like go to Reddit and ask them like what's the equivalent for a vegan being draped in furs and see what they say. I mean, I could just get I don't know. I would have to because like the easy answer is I just get like um like a faux fur, but I I don't want to like mm. copy your whole thing, you know. Yeah, you don't want to bite my style. I understand. No, that. I, I gotta figure out my own my own thing. I don't know. I mean mm. but at the same time. You know, when you think of like the classic duos, Daft Punk, they both had masks. They were just different masks. They did. Yes, they did. The Stella guys, they all wore suits. They were just yeah. different shades of the same like right. shitty business suit. Something <laughs> to think about. Uh, quick question. Are you and your lady planning on watching the Love is Blind reunion? Or not the reunion, but like the Life After the Altar special that's coming up. Uh. Wasn't there already one? Is there another one? There's a reunion, but there wasn't a life after the altar thing. Hmm. Okay. Does, so this one like follows them around? I guess it like catches up with them like after the reunion, like nine months after some shit, but it's dropping on Friday, I believe. Damn. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why I wouldn't. Huh. All right, man. You know, th this could this could be this could like slowly turn into like a fascinating like long term documentary project where it like starts and it's just this stupid reality show. Everyone's hopeful, and then like every five years, they're like checking in with the same piece people, and you just see their lives like some of them like just falling apart. It's just depressing. Have you ever seen that documentary series that they did on PBS that was sort of like that? It started with not, kids no. in like oh. second grade, and it would just it would show it would pop into their lives every seven years. Right, I don't, I, I didn't see it. They but did a spoof of that, like on The Simpsons, I think. Right, yeah, that's I, I think that's probably why it sounds familiar. But I, I have oh. heard I have heard of the real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's I, they should do that for. I agree. All reality shows. Hell yeah, I'm into that. Um, <clears throat> we're not here today to talk about anything real life. Mm. We're here to talk about that anime life, that shonen shit. Uh, now, Nathaniel, mm -hmm. last week when we recorded, you said, look, I'm done watching Blue Lock. <laughs> you put your foot down yet again. Yeah. Okay. And this has been like a like a, this is a classic wasteland anime bit. <laughs> is come to the podcast with animated discussion. You're like, I'm not watching it anymore. I'm done. And I'm like, please, Nathaniel, it's airing. People are talking about it. You're like, I don't care. I hate it. I'm sick of watching it. Look, best I can do, I'll flip through the manga. I'll, I'll, I'll glance at a page or two. Mm. So, I mean, this being the inaugural week of that experiment, how did your experience go with reading Blue Lock versus actually watching it. <clears throat> right. Um, I felt like reading Blue Lock. <laughs> uh, Dom's doing a whole thing over there. Um, I'm not doing a thing. He's I'm bracing himself. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready for <laughs> immense disappointment. Well, what'd you, what do you think I'm going to say? Uh, it's never good. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's never what I hoped for. Huh. Okay. Well... My experience reading Blue Lock was I felt like I was getting 
the intended experience. I feel like I was there for all the moments. It, it's all, it mm. feels like it's more fresh in my mind. How is that possible? I don't, I don't know. I, I'm watching, I'm like, I am in control. I'm able to stop at certain moments. I can like linger when I want to. I don't know how it works. How much further have you read? It's, I haven't read any further. I stopped. So you just read that one chapter that this episode it was, is... It was like two. Two or three okay. chapters. Okay. I think it's three chapters, yeah. Three chapters to an episode? Wow. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was. <sighs> okay. Um, like, I, I, well, feel, I feel more equipped to, like, discuss... Usually when Fuck I come it. in, it feels like it feels like it's a blur, you know, and I'm just sort of like, yeah, I remember they were kicking well, they the are ball running around pretty quickly. Yeah. Let's get into it then. Let's discuss because this episode, I feel like, was something a lot of the manga readers have been waiting for based mm. on um, me perusing the interwebs and like reading reviews and whatnot. And it's also something that I feel like revitalize the anime in the back half of their like 24 26 episode season because as you were saying there is a lot of like downtime there was a lot of strategy being talked about there is a lot of people picking teams and whatnot and this episode was mainly action it was all yeah this battle between team white and team red isagi baru Nagi versus Shigeru Kunigami and Ryo. So, yeah. And it felt a lot like this was not that this is the end of this season, but in a lot of ways, this feels like kind of a culmination so far of kind of the central theme of like becoming that selfish striker while also utilizing mm. your team but we see it from kind of like a different perspective this time where isagi is like I, I like how do i exploit my team yes. members you know because there's like working together as a team but then there's like how do i figure out how to exploit them for my benefit to like reach my goal as the striker mm. and obviously that comes through mostly in the whole baru thing but um yeah, I, th I think it's an interesting way to kind of like feels like it's sort of culminating a bunch of different things, but evolving Isagi's kind of like the way he looks at the whole thing. So since you were reading this, were you still like, what was it like reading these panels and looking at all this, um, all the artwork and everything versus the actual episode? Like, have you dipped into the episode to see how they animated it at all? Because I got to say, while watching it, I was really taken aback by the animation and the colors and the way that they showed exactly how Isagi was envisioning um, certain paths to the goal for Nagi and how when you see Baru, it's, I don't know if they, I'm sure they did the same thing in the manga, but it's just a trail of like bones and skulls behind him. Like there's just no path with him but with with nagi all you see are like all these colors and these different like trails of different goals that could be shot if isagi were to pass to nagi because nagi leaves himself available and open and adaptable much like isagi does 
uh did you get that same vibe uh while reading it or um I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, obviously the, the color is missing because uh, it's in black and white, the manga. But um, no, yeah, I think a lot of those elements were are there on the page. Um, but yeah, maybe I don't know if I saw like as much of a distinction with obviously the, the color aspect um, that you just said. Okay. But the only thing I would say is maybe like, dip through the episode every once in a while after you're done like, i mean reading, like just i just to get like a vibe you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i looked at the episode mainly just to see where it ended but i i kind of mm. i kind of skipped through okay all right um the big thing that i wanted to talk about was isagi's ego growing in this episode in this match and him like stepping a baru and telling him like hey like keep doing what you're doing just don't drag us down you donkey and i know in the manga <laughs> that is not the word that he uses yeah the the actual title of the manga chapter like the first one is that word wow all right for all of you they say it like a million times it's it's like every really? other word yeah jesus well you it's, picked a good time to hop on the manga i guess yeah. uh yeah. for everyone at home who's not aware of the word they use it's it's the r word you know the one that has fallen out of favor in uh in recent years thankfully but i remember seeing a panel of that and i was like who is like I wasn't even sure that it was Isagi because I think they show him and he has a different jersey number than what I was used to when I first saw it because initially he was number 11 and now he's like 15, I think. But uh, I wasn't even sure who this character was who was saying it. I just saw the panel and everyone was like, oh, that moment's going to be so fucking hype. I can't wait, yada, yada, yada. And we get here, we see it, and I was blown away by the balls on Isagi just Oh, he's number 18 now. But the uh, just, I mean, the ego on him now. He was like, me and Nagi are running this fucking field. Stay out of our way. Don't bring us down. You are a liability. And I thought that was such like a huge contrast from even the beginning of this game where Isagi was trying to work with Baru and yeah. figure out a way to like use him but then he was like fuck it i'm not going to use him i'm going to devour him i'm like you said i'm i'm going to exploit what it is that people expect of baru and use it to my advantage so yeah yeah well yeah i mean to me at first in like the first half it was more it seemed like he isagi was trying to like um it seemed like he was be he wanted to be more of a team player of a, of a team player. Yeah. Like I, I think he kept saying things like I want to find the Kent, like I want to force the chemistry. So we're yeah, all the fusion working together. There's like still that hint of selfishness, but also like I want us to all gel, but yeah, in the second half or in like the mid half into the second half, he evolves to like, I know what he's going to do and I'm going to exploit that. Yeah. Uh, for my, for my own gain. Uh, and obviously, I hmm, oh, go man. ahead. 
Uh, no, I was just going to say, obviously, um, what's the, the other teammate, his name? Nagi. Nagi. Yeah. Like, obviously I was just going to say, obviously Nagi was like totally clued into that too. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, like Nagi and Isagi, they have, they formed like this great bond that I only thought Isagi would share with uh Bachida, if you remember, like yeah, uh, a few episodes ago, like it was heartbreaking watching Bachida be taken away by the other team. And I thought I was, I was like, okay, so now Isagi's stuck with Nagi, and sure they work well together, but how long could that possibly last without a third person who mm-hmm. works equally as well with them? Because Bachida, Nagi, and Isagi had like a dope little triad going. But now even the other team, like Rayo, who essentially pushed Nagi into this football life, he saw Isagi on the field and he was like, holy shit, this is the monster that Nagi left me for. Like, he was shook. Everyone was shook. Uh, Shigeri, Kunigami, they were watching Isagi and they're like, he is not the same guy that was on our team previously. And th- like, the three of them were being dominated just by Nagi and Isagi. And I thought it was like a beautiful little just vignette of watching Isagi and Nagi tear everyone apart and use things that they've learned and watching Isagi like rebuild himself in the game to be able to like have a fighting chance. It was, it was really great. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean that I think, that specific moment you're talking about just when he passes the, like he takes advantage of Baru and then passes the ball to, to Nagi. Right. And then Nagi scores. And it's like, yeah, it's a weird dynamic and moment, but such a great moment where it's like, that's Nagi's moment, but also there only came about because of Isagi. Yeah. And so like, it's this moment where they're both triumphant, but like, they're like a team, but they're all th- also both in this selfish pursuit. But it's like, yeah. I like that this is the evolution of the selfishness versus where like Baru is kind of embodying the like traditional selfishness where it's, it's all about me, but you're just getting like demolished. Yeah, I it's it's fascinating to see someone like a player like this who even when his back is up against the wall, even when you're being double teamed and everyone is just like, yo, work with us here. Like, help me help you. Baru's mm-hmm. still just like stuck in his ways. He's like, fuck that. I'm the best. I'm the king. I got this. And he's being cut off at the knees, like at every turn. And still, just because up until this point, that's all that's like ever worked for him. He just won't allow himself to to like let anyone else in or or like even take a chance giving the ball to someone else and i have a fear that the next episode is going to be like the baru origin story where <laughs> in the middle of this fucking game they stop everything and baru's just standing there solemnly on the field and he's like i didn't used to be this way and it like goes back and he's yeah. this tre- tremendous team player who's passing everyone the ball or something. I don't fucking know. Or he's got like an abusive father who's telling him, you must be the best and all this shit. 
who knows? Uh, I'm just saying yeah. that would completely kill the momentum for me because this episode, I was shook. I was just like, this is what I've wanted in this later half of the season. I want to see Isagi using all the parts and pieces that he's learned on his way here. And I want to see like this tournament. This is a great tournament arc. Oh yeah. And I feel like in a lot of tournament arcs, the trope is like, you have to have solemn moments of introspection, but I've gotten enough of them already. I don't need it right now. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. And like, I, I just hope any, cause it seems like they're setting some big character beat for borrow up in the next episode mm -hmm. i just hope that it stays on the field right and that it doesn't dip out of that because like kind of the final moment uh is interesting from both isagi and baru's perspective because you have baru who's like literally on the ground just like yeah, looks clutching, like clutching yeah. the grass and it's just this moment of just like fury because um the the other team makes that goal uh, but like Baru is just like pissed at everything. But on the other hand, Isagi is like thrilled, excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch. Uh, I was, I was like, yo, this is nuts because we see Shigeru like go into fucking Sonic mode, like he's catching golden rings or something like that, and he's flying down the field, kicks it in, all that shit, and Isagi's just like. Did he just evolve? Like he was like, <laughs> yeah. mm, okay, okay, here we go. Finally, a fucking challenge. And I was like, I was really thrown by that because I thought, I don't know, uh, the Isagi we've seen up until now, he's just like, every time someone else evolves, he's like, fuck, I got to figure this out. But now he's like, bet, that's what I've been waiting for. Like now we have a game. And here's what I'm kind of hoping for, because like you said, we're, we're amping up to a moment where there's going to be some big thing with Baru. And I'm thinking maybe he does score one to tie it up or something. And it's going to be like them going at it like four, four and four. Like they both have four points on the scoreboard and they're going at it. And maybe Baru is the one that makes a game winning goal or something to that effect. But I don't know if this is in the rules and I'd, I kind of don't want to go back and check because I want this to be like a, a happy little spoiler if I'm right about this. I don't know if they can do this, but what I would like to happen is for Isagi's team to win. And they're like, okay, we have to pick. And like, Baru, you're off our team. And then they get to pick two, like they get to pick, uh, not Ryo, but uh, Kunigami and Shigiri, like, only because Bar was a fucking liability. He's proven himself to be a liability, and mm. I don't see him falling in line after this game. You know, I could see him just chalking this up to the fact that Isagi has played alongside Kunigami and Shigeru, and Nagi has played alongside Rayo. So, of course, they would know these players the best. But going forward, Baru could be like, yeah, that was a fluke. Like, these are your old teammates. No wonder we won but I'm back to being king. Follow me. That's what I could see happening, and I don't want that to happen. So what I would like to see happen is Isagi cut Baru right here and now, and she'd be like, we're done with you. You're off our team. If that's a possibility. That's what you want to see? I want to see Isagi cut Baru at the end of the next episode. 
or not at the end, but like yeah. when they win this next game, I want them to cut him and just be like, you're out. We, yeah. You like, you, we can't trust you. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I just, I don't know. That's what my big curiosity is for the next episode is just like what I feel like there's multiple directions they could go with Baru. And it's, I feel like it's either broadly, like he somehow does a full 180 and like learns the air of his ways and like really comes in clutch somehow, or he just digs himself further into his, his, um, selfishness and like anger to not give in to Isagi's shit. Like, I don't know. I could see it going kind of either way. I mean, I want him to come in clutch and I still want him to be cut. You know, I want right. this to be to a learning learn moment the lesson, for yeah. Baru. Yeah. Because it doesn't do anyone any good if he comes in clutch and they're like, all right, don't let that happen again. Let's go to the next round. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I mean, there's no way. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like no matter what happens, I mean, there's no way that Isagi would cut Nagi. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I don't know if there's a way, like, I don't know if the rule is you have to keep your three and go forward by picking one or you can cut someone and pick two. Uh, like, I'd have to go back and re-listen to the rules from when they first started this arc, but I kind of don't want to do that because then that would be confirmation one way or the other, and I want to be surprised in the next episode. But uh, just quick correction, it's Baru who has jersey number 18. It's Isagi who has 15. I flipped those around earlier. I just don't want anyone to come for me or cancel me. Like, we're mm. in a very, like heated political climate and i can't i can't be canceled right now Mm -mm. not when my clothing line is on the precipice of release good save thank you so yeah um so this is i mean i'll say this this is the most fruitful conversation we've had about blue lock (laughs) in weeks so i mean kudos to you for knowing yourself well enough to say like yo maybe reading it would be more beneficial to the conversation. I I honestly I didn't think it would work, but I appreciate you having that foresight and you know, doing that. Thank you. Um yeah, well, I'm I'm glad too. Uh I'm I, The only thing I ask is that you still like yeah, popping yeah, in them yeah. episodes just to see a little bit because look, bro, there were reaction videos across the fucking world with people reacting to Isagi calling Baru a donkey. Everyone was Losing their shit. And it, it, it would have just been nice if we could have had that moment together. But it is what it is. What it is. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just clicked on to the next chapter. Shut up. Uh, see, I, I don't want this from you. <laughs> I don't not, want this from you. I'm not going to read it. but side of it. I'm not going to read what? it, but I'm just telling you that I'm laughing. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's, it's a flashback, <laughs> isn't it? Ah, it's a fucking flashback it's a goddamn flashback we're gonna see him being like the weakest player and he's been (laughs) left out in the cold because his brother is so much better or some shit and he's like the neglected second son fuck off god damn it blue lock all right we'll see look um okay i need to do a brief like little update on Tokyo Avengers and my hero. Oh boy. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. So Tokyo Avengers, um, they are getting lost in the sauce 
with this fucking show. Shock. As it stands, shocker. Um, ah, shocker. Ah, yeah. As it stands, um, they're planning on fighting the Black Dragon Gang, but they're going to do so. Oh, well, they're not going to fight the gang. They're going to defeat the big dude, the the guy who looks like a fucking JoJo character, mm-hmm. the one who's like six eight, completely shredded, one percent body fat, and he's fifteen years old. Yeah. Um, they're planning on ambushing him on Christmas Eve because he or Christmas Day or some shit like that because he goes to pray at a church alone and no one's there so they figure that's the perfect time to ambush him and it there's like this um alliance set up by Chifuyu Takamichi Kisaki the evil dude and like Kisaki's second or some shit like that so there's like a four man alliance it's tenuous like they're at each other's throats. They don't know what to do, yada, yada, yada. But when they agree to finally do this thing on Christmas Eve, Takamichi's like, fuck, I got a date. Or no, they agree to do it on Christmas. He's like, I got a date on Christmas with Hina. And he realizes the date is actually on Christmas Eve. And he's like, it's cool. I can still do both. And he's like, oh shit, wait. And then he has a vision of the future which is something we saw from last season uh, right before Hinata was killed in that car where uh, Takamichi and her, they meet up and they're talking and Hinata brings him to like this waterfront and says, this is where you broke up with me on Christmas Eve all those years ago. So he's like, wait a minute, I'm going to break up with her in a week. Why the fuck would I do that? Like, I love her. Like they just exchanged. I love you's. Hinata told the story about how she first met Takamichi, and it's something we had never seen from when Hinata was like being bullied by some kids and Takamichi ran in with like a cape on because they were like super young and he took a beating for her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, from that moment, I knew I loved you. And then it flashes forward to them meeting in junior high and all that shit. So. Takamichi has always wondered how he got a girl like Hinata, and it's because when they were little kids, he stood up for her and he didn't even know her. But from that moment, she was like into him, right? And we find out that when they were little kids, Kisaki, the bad guy, was in elementary school with Hinata, and she was like looking out for him and was the only friend that he had. So... I guess I'm thinking that Kisaki has been in love with Hinata and the fact that Takamichi got her drove him to evil or something. That's just my guess right now, Mm. because eventually he does end up ordering for her death through Takamichi and all this other shit. But that's not the point. The point is Takamichi was still wondering why on earth would I break up with Hinata? It doesn't make sense. We're both in love. I'm trying to save her. Why, like, why would I do this? Cut to Hinata's father bumping into Takamichi. And he's like, oh, you're Hanagaki Takamichi, are you not? And he's like, I am. He's like, oh, I'm Hinata Naruto's father. Can we talk? They sit down. They have tea. The dude is, like, super gracious. And, like, I, he's like, you're, you're a good kid. 
I know you spoke to Naoto and I haven't had too much time to look out for him because of the work that I do. But one day I came home and he told me he wanted to be a police officer. And I'm sure I have you to thank for that. Thank you for looking out for my son and my daughter and treating them well. Then he says, I need you to do me one favor. I need you to break up with Hinata. And Takamichi's like, what? And the father's like, yeah, you're a hoodlum. And your lifestyle is going to corrupt my daughter and get her wrapped up in it. And I mean, I can't have that. So I need you to break up with her. Hmm. So Takamichi says, okay. And on Christmas Eve, just like the flashback flash forward thing showed, Takamichi breaks up with Hinata and tells her, like, I don't love you. I'm in love with someone else. I don't care about you anymore. Leave me alone. So that sets into motion the fact that like now he's without Hinata she hates him and yeah it's it doesn't make any fucking sense because if you're told like break up with my daughter why couldn't he have just been like hey I care about you a lot let's take some time apart like we'll take a little break but shit's popping off right now for Tokyo Manji gang. Like I got these guys after me. Hell wasn't. She was there with him when he got beat up by that gang after they went bowling. Right. A few episodes ago. I think so. Yeah. Why not just say like this gang they're after me and I can't have you hurt. Just please stay away for a little while. Why not do that? Instead, he tells her, I hate you. I'm in love with someone else. Stay away from me. Smell like dog shit. You drink cat piss. Like, get fucked. To the point where her heart is broken, she beats up Takamichi and she runs away. And we know from the flash forward from uh, last season in the alternate timeline that they never get back together. And she carries like this flame for him in her heart for the next like 12 or 13 years. So he's only now doing this and it's like proving the future correct but he already knows what the future is. So why couldn't he just combat that? You know what I'm saying? Are you following? Uh, definitely not. But yeah, I, to- I get what, I get what you're not. saying. It's, he, it's wild he's causing, stuff. He's causing his own fucked up parallel future when he doesn't need to. He already knows what's going to happen. Oh my God. He's not equipped to do anything he's doing. He's a kid. Sure. But he's got the mind of a 26-year-old in his head. And why, a 26-year-old he... is equipped? Well, yeah, your Hell brain no. is fully developed when you're 25. So no. I feel like that's why Mine he made him 26. Well, I mean, you're built different. You're a little soy boy cuck. Um, yeah. But Takamichi is the Chad. Either way, all I'm saying is he's creating the fucked up future that he's being sent back to, mm. like, tear apart. And it it just, it's... It bothers me because there are so many different avenues he could have taken and he chose the one that he already knows ends badly. Hmm. But that's that. That's that. I just want to throw that okay. out there. Now, my hero. This is the other end of the spectrum. Right. Very disappointed with Tokyo Avengers. Very pleased with my hero. Okay. The boy Deku. Dropped out of school. About time. 
Yeah, he said, I'm fucking out of here. We've been doing this for too long. I'm done. He wrote a letter to everyone at UA or like class 1A or whatever. Revealed the one for all power and said, All Might passed it down to him. Mm. And that's where he got his quirk from. Uh, All Might also revealed the one for all thing to Hawks and Best Genist. And we also got like, you know, in Avatar where uh, Aang will go and talk to his past lives and everything. We got mm-hmm. that same thing, but with Deku talking to all the previous users of One for All. And we got some insight on the power set of One for All and why so many people have had it before him and how he may be the very last person to wield it because... Everyone previous to him who has had it has either died in battle or died by the age of 40. Because if you have a quirk and you're given one for all, it wears down your body that much quicker and your body can't handle it. But because he and All Might were born quirkless, they can handle it much better. And Mm. because less people are born without quirks, it's seen as like being quirkless is like an anomaly. So the chances of someone else being quirkless that Deku will meet to pass on this power is like a million to one. So he's most likely going to be the last person. Either way, Deku dropped out. He's on his vigilante hype. He put on his mask and he's like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I, I have like the only way to protect the people is by going out and going solo and doing this all on my own. So Deku's finally done with that bullshit school and he's out on his own on his like vigilante arc. And I love it. He's even in that, uh, that full suit, that thing I showed you a while Mm. ago where it's like, he was walking down the street looking like a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that sounds good. It, I mean, I'm glad he dropped out because it's the kind of thing where like in certain professions where it's like you already have everything you need, but you're like still in school. Right. It's like, why am I, why am I just continuing this when I got the role, you know? Yeah. That I want to do. Yeah. Like people who are 18 in high school, but they've already shot porn. It's like, I don't need this diploma where I'm going I don't need no like no degree but yeah um i don't know how you feel maybe you want to dip back in and watch <sighs> that last episode i'm just hey i'm throwing it out there it was good nathaniel it was good all right mm. that's all i'm saying i'm saying watch this last one and let me know how you feel i was gonna say it before the episode but i didn't want to like have you feel like it was like this chore so if you want to watch it, you can if you want to Check it out in the manga. You can, whatever. I just wanted to let you know. Okay. I was on two ends of the spectrum with both. Right. Tokyo Avengers, I was like knocking my head against the wall. And with my hero, I was like, finally, here yeah. we go. That's and good. Um, Deku and his voiceover said, this is the final chapter. Oh. So I don't know. I don't know. Interesting how he knows. Facts. But I I have to assume there's going to be like a flash forward where I'm thinking, I'm hoping they don't do a lot of stuff 
from the manga in this next season because I do know in the manga they have like this whole mutant liberation thing with uh you know that guy with like the eight arms or whatever mm-hmm. there's something with him and the guy who can talk to animals where their quirks have changed their bodies so they're technically seen as mutants and they're trying to help the mutant population of the my hero universe i know about all that like that's a story arc but i'm hoping that they just cut all that shit out and you get to the meat you know you get to the nut meat and just show us deku fucking shit up but Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens uh but yeah i just wanted to give you a brief synopsis on what you had been missing with my hero in tokyo avengers i appreciate it you've been putting in the work i have i couldn't have done it well again I'm built different. I'm a brick shit house mm-hmm. of a man. I eat anime for breakfast. Right. Uh, well, we still got a couple more things to discuss. Where do you feel like going? Wherever you want, baby boy. I mean, we got um, Trigun Stampede. We got uh, Tomochan is a girl, which, by the way, I watched last week's episode with the girlfriend and you were not lying. That fucking scene with Carol <laughs> taking the headband and like flipping yeah. it around. Ah, that was funny <laughs> shit. That was so great. We we're losing it watching that. Um, yeah, we can go wherever you want. Uh, how are you feeling? Do you I want mean, to do Trigun Stampede? Sure. Yeah. Let's do Trigun. Okay. Trigun Stampede. Um yeah this (laughs) yeah it was interesting i mean we talked a bit about the series before in terms of i didn't have any experience with it other than just like knowing what it is knowing that it's like an old manga it had an old adaptation and i had watched the old adaptation right i'd watched some of it like a few episodes Mm mm-hmm uh, so yeah, other than like the general aesthetics of it and like some visual stuff, I just didn't really know what to expect. Um, so jumping into this, I feel like I was coming in pretty fresh and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I watched them today, earlier today. So I mm. I don't know that my thoughts on it are like fully fleshed out, but it was interesting for sure. I definitely wasn't like enraptured by it or anything. Um I think certain aspects of it weren't like <sighs> delivered to me in the most effective ways, I don't think. Well, talk to me about it, big guy. Let's rap. I mean, we're kind of like dropped into this world where we get this like brief flashback of these two young boys who are like ejected from this exploding spaceship and we don't really know anything then we catch up with one of them who's our uh main guy who what's his name vash 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 um and he's kind of this very you know we've seen guys like this before he in anime i mean he's a very like goofy Mm. Um, he's got a devil may care attitude devil may care attitude but we also see that he's very capable at what he does Um, um, and he kind of gets wrapped up with these like two reporters I guess Um, 
and they find out that he has this like six million dollar or some like huge bounty on his head um and so there's just all these um interested parties and like bounty hunters after him but and so it, most of these three episodes take place well pretty much all these three episodes take place in this like little desert um like town that's like below this big rock and maybe i just maybe it was like losing me in these moments but a lot of the stuff oh. around this like thing that they have this like energy source like i was kind of losing uh -huh. it at this stuff i don't know if you grasped any of that better you know what i'm talking about like uh, a lot of that stuff was yeah. just kind of like going over my head where they have are you talking like mostly in episode two or three i guess so i mean it's just whatever this town has that's like this I, I can't even remember totally what it was and I just watched it, but it was like some energy, like uh, I forget what they called it. Right. But it, it was some sort of like, it seemed like a precious energy source or something. Mm -hmm. I was totally like tuning out at this I hear you. element of Trigun Stampede. It, this was not the stuff that was getting me like interested, but they have something and well, some, talk to me about was what get it what did get you interested. Was there uh, anything that you felt and you're like, all right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess generally speaking, I I do think that while it's not traditional, I, I do think there's something to this animation style that is pretty cool mm. and interesting. Um, I mean, it's obviously 3D, which is like a big no-no in uh in anime but i feel like i feel like when you commit to it in a certain way it can be really good i think where a lot of people have issues with the 3d animation is when it's like cutting corners uh -huh. in 2d but this is like they're all in on this 3d animation and this is actually 3d animation that feels very similar to the berserk memorial edition where hmm. people are generally favorable of that too it's like um i just feel like there's a way to do it and there's a certain style to do it right i don't okay. i don't know anything about 3d anime i don't know how you felt about this but I, I felt like it lent to a certain um pretty interesting quality i feel like there's a lot of stuff in here especially around the action sequences and certain stuff with the camera that just felt like it probably wouldn't have been totally possible mm. in traditional 2d so i i think there's a lot of visual elements that were pretty that i found pretty striking but um i don't know the the world building i'm kind of split on because we got a very like tiny fraction of that with this like th right. this just kind of felt like very sort of mad max ish like we're just in a big desert yeah um, and i'll i'll tell you i even because i wasn't completely sold on the first three episodes i watched one more and mm -hmm. that's just what this world is going to be is it's going to be like a big desert with like little ramshackle towns like spattered throughout uh yeah the fourth episode i i mean 
everything here is fine. I did watch the first two episodes um, dubbed. And I watched the last two subbed. But I don't know. I'm wondering if that had something to do with my... Like, how ineffective it was hitting me. But, like, there were some things I did like. I did like the flashbacks of the two brothers and seeing where they came from. And I, I enjoyed the action set pieces. But on the whole, I wasn't really, like thrilled with anything i was really seeing which bums me out because i i I mean i've had friends tell me like oh shit this new trigon like check it out Um, and when i finally did i was just like it's fine yeah I, i mean yeah i think that's largely how i felt too but it's interesting what you just said about you watched the first two episodes dubbed because i did two and I mean, I thought the dub was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't hate the um, dub. It's just, I feel like nowadays with my anime watching, I am so much more engrossed when I just started off with sub. It's, I don't know, it feels like it hits on like all cylinders when I do that versus when I check it out with the dub and then I switch to the sub. I don't, it, it just has my full attention when I'm watching sub, you know? So did you feel more invested in episodes three and four with the sub? I felt more invested in episode three, not so much with four, but that has a lot to do with what four was dealing with. Mm. Like it just wasn't that engaging. Um, Mm -hmm. To spoil it a little bit, there's just this guy walking through the desert with this big ass cross. And when I say a big ass cross, I mean like, jesus style like he Mm -hmm. didn't have it like strapped to his back but it was like the size of like the crucifix like a huge fucking crucifix and they get trapped in this underground like cavern type thing and they're watching out like for worms and there's this weird little kid and i will say like the last like few minutes i was like okay that's kind of interesting but by and large the like the big part of the episode, I just wasn't really engaged. But episode mm-hmm. three, I did like. I was like, okay, this is this is all right. But I almost was like, maybe I should just go back and watch the original. And then I saw how much filler there was, and I was like, hmm. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I, I got a life to live. I, yeah, I don't know. I think going back to what like the first thing I said, like the first three episodes, it, it just felt like. I don't know the the way I was just getting everything delivered to me just felt like I don't know like I can't quite put my finger on it like this is it was like the wrong order of things hmm. or something like yes okay so it's funny you say that because in the original all of this stuff with like his origin and everything it's peppered throughout later on it's not given to you yeah, right up front I that's what threw me about this I was I, like oh yeah, yeah. I. That that sounds like it would be more effective to me because that's the stuff where I was getting lost. Where it just felt like I, I think the initial like flashback as kids of them getting ejected. Mm-hmm. I think that's like enough to kind of like right, right. Be like, oh, there was this thing, and there's another brother, you know, out there. Wasn't but, his mom in episode two? That was his mom, right? Well, I think his mom died. 
on the ship. Who was that lady in episode two? What lady? There was like this brown haired lady who was very upset with him. The woman who like owned the bar or whatever? Yeah, but I thought that was just some mm, woman. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention. I I thought what I'm saying I think the mom died on the ship. You're probably right about that. But um, what I'm saying is that there was like I know I don't know. I don't know. Keep going. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think that's where I was getting the most lost was just how mm. quickly they were getting into like his brother and he's this guy named Million Knives or I don't remember what exactly his name was. Yeah, but, but it, like his original name is like Nye. Yeah, something like that. And then he uses knives. It's a whole fucking thing. I, yeah, it just felt like, I don't know. They were, they were getting into, I want to just be eased into everything in a smoother way. And it just felt like I was getting too much all at once. Like, mm-hmm. I think, and maybe I'm drawing this parallel because they're both kind of like more classic series. But when you think about something like Cowboy Bebop, like, you're just love me some cowboy you're, bebop. You're with I if I'm remembering correctly, like you're with Spike for quite a long time until you really start to get deep into mm. the whole convoluted nature of his backstory, right? Like I'm pretty sure you're right. just with him for a while in the world. Um Yeah, you get little hints, but they don't give you like a full out flashback until like episodes down the line. Yeah, so it's just like by episode three, even though I thought, you know, it was pretty good and everything, like, I just think when his brother shows up and it's this big epic thing with this insane score playing over it and everything, I'm just sort of like, mm-hmm. I don't really even know if I care about any of these people yet. Like, and you're, right. and you're giving me this big, what it feels like this big epic, like, climax or something to something and I, I just don't even know what i'm supposed to think about any of this quite yet um i agree like it just feels like oh this big confrontation between these two brothers and i'm like i don't know anything about these people yet it doesn't feel like i yeah so it just felt like it was too much too fast for me i think that that's kind of i think that's a good way that i could put it i can respect that i think <clears throat> this might be the problem of modern anime where normally we're like, yo, they don't have any time to waste. They're hitting the ground running. They're giving us all this stuff, action, like story, intrigue, all the shit. But right here with Trigun Stampede, it might've benefited them from slowing down with all the backstory stuff. Maybe um, parsing that out throughout the season to give us an overarching mystery and that's the thing I feel like they're banking on original viewers of the show coming back who already know what the mystery is. So maybe they feel like the creators would feel as though people who've already seen this are going to be bored because they know what the big mystery is. But they're not banking on the fact that like it's been over like I feel 30 years since the original. Maybe there are new viewers who haven't caught up with the original. Maybe like placate your new audience that type of thing you know like give them mm-hmm. something to, like you can do two stories completely differently and 
I feel like this is them trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to make the old fans happy while um, like wowing new fans. But me as like a quote unquote new fan, I've only watched like a handful of the original episodes. Um, Me watching this, I just wasn't really like taken by anything that I was seeing, except for the action set pieces. I will say that. But story-wise, it didn't really do much for me, which is a problem because first and foremost, I need that story, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I How many episodes are out right now? Um, F- unfortunately, I've been logged out of my crunchy roll. Uh, and I can't log back in without using my phone, which might fuck mm. up the recording. But uh, I think five are out right now. Okay, that's what I thought when I was watching them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how how are you I'd feeling? Be cool with about- revisiting? I'd be cool with like doing another two or three. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. And this time, I'd be forced to do it uh, subbed. And that might completely turn me around on everything. And Mm. I don't know. I feel like this has potential. And because of people telling me how good it is, I know like maybe if I gave it another chance, it would be worthwhile. So I'd be willing to like spend that extra time on it, you know? Yeah, I think I feel the same way. Um, I guess by next week, another one will be out or. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Give it one more shot, maybe. I feel like after six episodes, if we're not feeling it, we'll probably know for exactly. sure. Exactly. I mean, I I think I came up with that rule early on. It was like six to seven episodes. You will know if this anime is for you or not. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm down with uh, checking that out. So okay. Yeah, we'll revisit next week and watch the following three episodes. Nice. Um, all right. Well, shall we get to Tomo-chan? No, let's talk Vinland Saga and then we'll get to Tomo-chan. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Let's let's see Tomo-chan. It's a little bit classic (sighs) Wasteland anime bit. Oh, Dom. Yeah. Rapscallion. Um, yeah, I thought this was a fine episode. Um, now here's the thing. Because I watched both of these back to back like i watched last week's and this week's i'm like was it i'm trying to think uh it was the sleepover right yeah i mean i think the sleepover scene is the takeaway from this episode everything else i was not as like enthralled with but I'm trying to. It was like that was one of the stories, and it the was other the second one half. Was, the first one was they go over to. They went to Carol's house. Well, they go to like each person's house. It's like they go to Carol's house, then they go to the other girl's house. Ah, uh, did they? Okay. Yeah, and like the mom is like just yes. like her. Yes. The moms are like yes. just like the girls. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now I remember. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. All right. I mean, it was good stuff, but like once it got to the sleepover, I was like, ah, I need more of this. Like I need, mm. I need a, I, see that is my dress up darling that all that, like all that sleepover stuff. Mm-hmm. Whew, it was too much. My guy, <laughs> like I enjoyed 
I enjoyed Tomo and um, June like hanging out and doing their thing and palling around. But as soon as they were in the bedroom, I was just like, what? Oh, I can't. It was, I was getting the vapors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was fanning myself. I was like, you guys, you can't, you can't do this. But it was, I don't know which episode. I think it was, I can't remember because I watched both of these back to back. I can't remember, but there was a point where June did something for Tomo or because of Tomo and someone, I think it was um, the dark haired, like solemn friend was like, oh, so he does see her as a girl. There's something to that effect. There was something in the mix about that. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember which episode that was. Yeah, neither do I. God damn it. Um, I mean, I don't remember him being too much in the second episode. I thought he was pretty much sectioned off to the uh the sleepover, but I don't know. I can't remember. Huh. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um classic Nathaniel. But yeah, I don't think there were any gags that were quite as good as the uh the tiara scene that you mentioned but that's like yeah, no that was it's hard to talk fantastic and the fact that carol said after putting it back on her head order has been restored was chef's kiss it was and like oh carol is she's not my favorite by any means but she she's just so fucking great and the fact that i, I again don't remember which episode it's in but uh Carol's walking down the hall and she's got tape over her mouth. And was it Tomo who also had tape over her mouth? Uh, Do you remember that? I I don't know if that, you don't remember I, I that? Don't know if that was in this episode. I, I don't remember. I don't think I said I can't remember which episode <laughs> it was, but I know Carol's walking down the hall and someone else, I think it was Tomo, but they both had tape over their mouths. And uh Tomo takes the tape off her mouth and was like, Did you try to like she said, like, did you try to say uh criticize uh I think her name was Gugu or something like that? Or Mizuzu. Uh did you try to criticize Mizuzu? And uh Tomo takes the tape off of Carol's mouth and Carol's like, No, I tried to kiss her. And like you it cuts to Carol like damn near tackling Mizuzu and like kissy facing at her. And Mizuzu like just fucking taped her mouth closed or whatever. Mm. I don't know. It's all these little pieces and bits that. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. It's them all becoming better friends with one another. And one of them being how Tomo was struggling with the fact that she's not physical with other girls. And was that last week or this week? You remember this at all? Like she I think wishes that, was, that she could like I thought that was last week's. It could be, but either way, that's something that I really enjoyed. It's her wishing that she could like hug and no, yeah. I think it was this week's. Or was that no, last week? The week's? the hugging, yeah. The hugging was last week's because it ends with her trying to hug June. Right? Mm. From like behind and he kind of like freaks no, out. No, no, no. June hugs her from wait 
Either way, I, I think I'm positive that the hugging was last week. Okay, look, man. All I'm saying is it was a beautiful friendship building moment because Carol and Tomo, they were like being more like um, affectionate with one another and hugging and everything. And Mizuzu was being like, she was getting jealous to the point where Tomo had to like take her side. And she was like, Hey, what's, what's going on? Like you're acting weird. And Mizuzu said like, look, I don't know. Maybe I would like to be like physically affectionate with you too. Every once in a while, Mm -hmm. like, you know, whenever, I don't know, just stop making a thing about it. And it was a beautiful thing because they had been, they've been friends since like they were young girls, like toddlers up until this point. And Tomo even said like, we don't really like touch each other. And Mizuzu said something like, why would we like, just she puts on this front of being someone who doesn't want affection and doesn't want camaraderie. And I could really relate to that. And I thought it was a beautiful sentiment the fact that she was finally able to like let her walls down and talk to her friend mm-hmm. and let Tomo know like, yeah, I mean, you're my friend. And I would also like if we could be like that a little bit and be more affectionate with one another. It, it was just sweet because as much as people say like, oh, women, they're so open with their feelings and they can tell each other anything. I thought it was beautiful and great to see like, two female characters who don't exactly embody what it is to be a quote-unquote female anime um, character Mm -hmm. and having this conversation where they both acknowledge that they are different but they would like to explore a different avenue of friendship with one another and like let it grow so yeah um that may not have been in this episode but i did love it nice yeah for sure yeah i mean that's where I think it more so than a show like, well, yeah, I don't know. It, I feel like it has more of those friendship moments similarly to, uh, um, Hori Mia, Hori Mia than maybe more so than like a dress up darling. Yeah. My dress up darling is definitely a romance anime first and foremost with like a friend group peppered throughout kind of, but Horimiya is all about the friends with an added bonus of um, Horimiya being a couple, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Any other gags? You want to call gags? Nah, it, it, I mean, the whole shower thing at the sleepover was nuts because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to say this again because I feel like it bears repeating. It's great to see like a female anime protagonist get to be horny on main. Um, Tomo just thinking about June in the bathtub and he's like oh you just heat that water right up it's still in there like you can go take a dip and she just like pictured him in the bath and she was like "Ah!" 
Like, <laughs> no, I'll, just, I'll take a shower. Oh, I'll do that. And then it cuts to her and she's like thinking about dipping her toe in the bath. And like he knocked on the door and she freaked out. It was uh, every moment with mm. Tomo-chan just being horny on Maine. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. Because you rarely get to see that. You know, you it's always from the male's point of view where they're just like, like holding down their boner or like falling backwards not to touch someone. But now it's flipped. It's Tomo who's doing all this, who's like completely just a wreck because of her feelings for June. And yes, you're completely right about the hug thing where Tomo comes up behind June and hugs him and he loses it because, you know, he fills in things. She got the midi, you know, like in them yabos, as they're called scientifically. Yeah. So yeah, it. Uh, no, not so much on the gags, but overall, I really enjoyed both of these episodes, and I'm loving the other characters that pop in and out. The guy who has a crush on Mizuzu, and oh, that's what it was. It wasn't June or Tomo. It was the guy who has a crush on Mizuzu. He gets his mouth taped shut and he's walking down the hall and sees Carol and she's got her mouth taped shut. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved seeing June uh, stand up for Tomo with those bullies who were planning on jumping Tomo-chan, even though Tomo could have fucking wrecked all their shit. He, he popped up and he like ended them, you know, it was, it was great to see all the, like both episodes loved it. Yeah. No notes. I just wow. want more. Wow. No notes. There you have it. No notes. Um, Never no notes. All right. Well, let's just dive into Vinland Saga. Um, <sighs> Canute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guessed correctly. That boy got that dog in him. Yeah. Um, yeah, we see the. Uh, this is like the first time we venture outside of the farm in this season. I didn't know how I'd feel about that either. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely they definitely had their momentum going in the farm, and then this whole episode we just kind of veer away from that to check in on this kind of. It seems a little more focused, but then it kind of really like zooms out at the end, and you kind of see that it's more of this giant kind of catch up over the course of like mm. a couple years, which basically is just detailing Canute's rise, rise to the ultimate throne of England. He becomes the king. Mm. Um, following, we get to see, it pretty much starts with this. They, they really, um, that's like a difference from the manga to the anime. They really kind of just re- showed us a lot of that scene um mm. with between Oscalad with Oscalad and King Swain yeah. but in the manga it's really just like a single page where you just see like the sword swinging and just like vignettes of everyone's faces reacting to the beheading um and then it kind of dives into the voiceover and kind of introducing Canute so um but I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess it's good to refresh everyone's memory of it more than not, I guess. But um 
Yeah, I, well, I mean, what is so obviously we got the tease of Canute uh, at the end of the last mm. episode, but um, yeah, I mean, just like high level thoughts, I guess. What did you think about catching up with? I mean, we saw a lot of characters from season yeah, we one. We saw Thorkel. Um, what's that one guy's name with the blonde flat top and like mm, it goes into a beard? Floki, yeah, yeah. So we saw those dudes, but what I was most taken by was how hardened Canute had become, how power hungry and just ruthless he is now. It was pretty interesting because in season one, he's like this little soft boy, pretty prince who most people mistake as a woman, and now we see him, he's got that scar on his face that's healed from season one. He's cut his hair. He's just got like this dead-eyed stare where he's like, I will, like, all of this will be mine. And it's great because he's, I mean, he's still got some morals to to, to a degree. Like, he is terrorizing this land he's fucking everything up but will what he will not stand for are his men like pillaging like raping doing all that stuff because as they uh walk through the countryside uh seeing the spoils of their of the war and everything seeing how they've decimated the population he sees some of his guys like taking women like picking up little kids and walking off and Knut's like, what's going on over there? And his right-hand man's like, uh, they're pillaging. You know, that's what we do. We rape and pillage. That's that's our whole vibe. That's our steez. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, fuck that. Round up those motherfuckers, cut their heads off, put them in like, I don't know if he said like the town square or where he said, but like, send a message. That's how we're what we're about. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant to show that he has not become a complete monster. He is, he is a king or he is a prince who is determined to become king. And in doing so, he's not going to, well, he hasn't completely lost who he is just yet. That may come uh, down the line, but as of right now, he still is like, yo, there's a limit. Like, I'm not about that life. Like, mm-hmm. I'll fuck up these dudes, no problem. Like, I'll, like, I want this land. Everyone will bow to me, but I'm not about to, like, steal little girls from their family, you know? Mm, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think that's, this is kind of like the first glimpse into, like, this is going to be, like, one of the big, like, dichotomies explored in, in this season specifically mm-hmm. is, like, you know, and we're still kind of like getting Thorfinn's side of everything. But like with someone like Canute, I feel like his, the way we're going to see him, like the path that he's on to, you know, rule is like what you said. It's like very much this sort of thing of, I'm going to have to step on a lot of toes, but it's for the ultimate goal. Like once I'm in yeah, charge, the ends justify the means. Yeah, exactly. The ends justify the means. He's gonna do what it takes 
to get to that position of power. He's going to do unethical things, but ultimately he feels that the good that's going to come out of it is going to outweigh the the bad he has to do to get there. The treachery and the assassinations and the poisonings and the pillaging, like it's all in service of his vision of well, they're not the doing future. any pillaging, so like, get that out of there. That's not on the on the syllabus. He said no pillaging. Well, sure. The is, burning, what, burning is that a spoiler? Burning. Well, no, I mean burning villages, whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I feel like that scene at the end, and we can get there. I feel like that was just a signal of his power, more than anything. Right. Uh, like it was a signal of his reach. Yeah. But he overtook those villages, but he explicitly said no pillaging right 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 we will not pillage we ain't we ain't about that life boys Mm -mm. yeah i mean yeah i I think that's a big thing that sets canute apart is like in terms of what most men in charge do it's like there's a kind of sadistic nature Mm -hmm. to the way a lot of these men in power were back then where there's like a twisted kind of joy to the whole thing. And I think for Canute, it's more, it's dip. It's in 2023 terms. He's like Louis CK. He's not like Harvey Weinstein. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like there are degrees to his evil. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, He, he stands in a corner he jerks off and he wants you to yell at him and tell him he's a bad little boy and he'll keep you out of the comedy store if you don't let him jerk off in front of you. But he's not going to make you jerk him off a la Harvey Weinstein. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He ain't that bad. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not promising any careers. Exactly. Um, he just needs to do what needs to be done. Yes. For, for his pleasure. Now talk to me. What is Thorkel's main problem with Canute? Is it simply the fact that he's not getting like uh Canute's not getting his hands dirty is that it like what or well because i know the initial problem is that Canute called off the like the siege he was like yo we don't need to kill anyone else we already took over this land but even after that thorkill was like throwing shade looking at uh Canute sideways and I was wondering, was it all based on that? Was it all just because Canute like didn't go to the ends of the earth to kill the king? He decided like I'll I'll take the throne a different way. Um I mean I'm scrolling through the yeah, so initially, yeah, what you just said is the reason he's kind of like snapping at uh, canoe is that the battle was called off and you know in Thorkel's mind like a world of peace is like the last place that he wants to live sure um, because this is just his way of life but um, basically he I mean he's like yelling at because at, like Floki is like uh, on Canute's side um, you know Floki says we ask that you uh, help to pacify the eastern region. Your great might is a vital part of our war effort. Uh, Thorkel is like, the only man that decides who and where I fight is me. 
And then to Canoe, he says, I assume you haven't forgotten what I told you years ago. And then in a flashback, he says, I want to see what you do and what you become with my own eye. But then he says, you're nothing yet. Not the king of England, just a boy. So listen to me, boy. You cannot avoid war. Your path must be forged with blood and steel. Just, I, I think, or then he says, just as Askeladd did for you. Don't forget that. Well, okay. I get that. But does that mean that he wants Canute to start dropping bodies himself? Because, I mean, under Canute's power, under Canute's like leadership, they have dropped so many bodies. So what more is it that Thorkel wants? Yeah, I'm trying to, because I know Thorkel comes- Also, this episode was titled The Path of Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Thorkel comes back at the end. Let me. Well, yeah, he comes back at the end and someone is, they say something like, oh, check out our king or something like that. And Thorkel's like, don't mention him to me. Like, don't, don't even bring that motherfucker up. He basically says that, which right. I took as like, he, he finds Canute to be a false king. And I'm wondering if that's like why that is. Is it because Canute took to tri- trickery and poisonings to take the throne instead yeah. of all out war? I think that's probably it. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, cause yeah, I mean, in the main scene where Thorkel's like throwing a fit, it's because they're calling off the, yeah. the troops. So I, I assume it has to, like, he doesn't say it explicitly in these chapters or anything but yeah i would assume that it's because he's See, like that's a fucking problem look to use like common millennial vernacular thorkel is a motherfucker who wears black air forces you know what i mean by that like he is a true hoodlum he is a mm. menace you're not calling him off you're not gonna win him over with strategy but canute he is playing chess not checkers he sees 10 steps ahead and he's like, I need to do this to win over these these people. I need to like build up some goodwill. So when I finally do take over, I don't have motherfuckers coming from ahead every yeah. five months. And yeah, I I think to Thorkel, it's like the path to power is just raw kill everyone. Swords yeah. and axes against skin. And yeah, Canute's playing a game. Like he's playing the game. Yeah. Like if we're talking uh, The Wire, who would you say Thorkel is? Because I, in my eyes, I see Thorkel as like Bodhi. Yeah. Yeah. Thorkel is definitely in that like. He's a soldier. Just it's, ten toes, like kill everybody who's against us. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Canute is. It's. I would say he's more like Stringer. Right, right, yeah. Because he sees the benefit of using your enemies to get further. He sees the benefit of letting some shit slide, you know, because you don't need that problem. Yeah, I mean, and what difference does it make if you're in power once, like later on? So that's I see. Yeah. I see Canute as like a Stringer Bell, and I see Thorkel as Bodie Brodus. Check out the wire. 
Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, at a certain point, Stringer was like, why are we fucking around with this, like, street shit? Yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, like, we're in the money now. <laughs> like, we can... Right. And, and yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, I, I think those are apt comparisons for sure. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, Thorkel is just, like, ultimately, like, at the end when he says don't talk about Canute, I mean, at that point, it's just, like, he's... He wants ultimate power, but he's just going about it in this way that I don't respect. Mm. Like he he wants, yeah, to him, he's old school. It needs to happen this way. Thorkel is saying that Canute is bitch made. Have you ever heard that term? Um, yeah, probably. It sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Bitch made. I don't care for it personally, but it I mean, if I'm speaking historical, it makes sense to say Canute is bitch made. Mm -hmm. um what i did love about like all like this entire episode i feel like the main scene for me was the set piece in that like i don't know i guess you call it tavern or cabin or whatever where canute has taken over this land and he's meeting with uh, who is this guy? He's like, he's bald on top and he's got like the cul-de-sac and a beard or something. Is he, like, does he oversee this part of the land for the king? The guy who gives him all the like silver and shit. All the coins. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's trying to like buy. Exactly. Buy him out. Yeah. I mean, he represents, uh, I forget what the, uh, Adric, is that the, the acting king? Some, King's I name? Believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that's the general uh, gist of what he's saying. Um, yeah, like right here, he says, um, "I'm Canute, the rightful king uh, of all of England. You give me gold with a demand that I leave your lands, and the price you attach to such an insult to the king is this miserable pile." Mm. So he's just like, this is just a pile of gold. I'm the fucking yeah. king of England. This is nothing. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. I loved, I loved it because he steps all over the gold. Like he walks across the gold and steps to these guys' faces. And he's like, one king must die. Like there are two kings right now and that's chaos. Chaos cannot, I cannot, I cannot abide. So someone's gonna have to die. And Canute is giving this dude like an ultimatum and the dude's like, are you telling me like I need to betray my king? And he's like, you already did, baby. Like. This is. Like, if anything, you're wasting my time. You need to get. And it's uh, it's not a drag. I think or it's Eidrak or that's his it's name. Elfred yeah. Or Ethelred yeah. or whatever the fuck. All these old tiny yeah, yeah, names, yeah. man. I can't with them. No, you're right. Yeah. Ethel but yeah. Ethelred's the king and Adric is the bald guy. Yeah. Adric. He's just like, I can't do that. I I could never. And Canute's like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, step outside with me. Let me show you something. Let me let me show you something. And that's where we get the scene of this pyre in front of this tavern and Canute tells his boys to light it up. And when he does, like you see multiple pyres throughout the land 
all billowing smoke. And I felt like that was just a tremendous show of the reach Canute currently has. And it's like, I got all this shit right now. Like I got people occupying all of your fucking land. Mm -hmm. We're not going anywhere. I thought, I mean, was that not what I was supposed to get from it? Because that's what I was left with. Mm -hmm. I saw that and I was just like, Canute is that motherfucker right now. Like he got that dog in him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when he shows him all the, when all the billows of smoke start, it's just like a visual way to be like, I'm literally everywhere. And he just says, you have just reduced America to ashes Mm. by refusing to help me assassinate the king. Yeah. Um, It's a cold world. Yeah, and then that's when it just kind of gets into the final uh, little montage where it says over the next year or two, everyone was... They fall to illness. Illness, in quotes. Mm -hmm. um, Illness. Uh, They should have got the jab. That's all I'm saying. Or maybe they did get the jab, and that's how they fell to illness. Coronavirus. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, this was just kind of... uh, reminding us well not reminding us but well reminding us that these other characters are still in the game so to speak um mm-hmm. in this brief detour from the, the the farm saga now here's what i'm wondering <clears throat> mm-hmm. i it has to be because years this took years to like bring into fruition for canute so when we get to when we get back to the farm, like what year will it be for Thorfinn and um Einard? Like how long will they have been on the farm? Can you tell me that? Because I know there's gonna be a time jump. There simply has to be. Like I don't expect this to have happened concurrently. Like maybe some of it, but I feel like there has to have been like a year or two that we skip ahead um i mean your instinct that there will be time jumps on the farm is a good instinct but i i think that this episode about canute even though that it covers a bunch of time i think it's it's more of like we're just kind of backing up and giving you kind of a rundown of of what uh, of what happened. So this did happen concurrently with Thorfinn like yeah, like falling into his depression, becoming a slave, all that shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when we jump like the next episode when we jump back to the farm not it says it, like later that afternoon over at the farm. <laughs> yeah, now I I'm pretty sure it's just sort of like not much it, it's pretty much closely after the yeah. last episode. This is just more of like a interstitial kind of yeah this was all happening in the background simultaneously kind of thing okay yeah all right fair enough but time will definitely pass in this season in mm. in real time when i don't know all right well yeah no this was this was a very interesting episode because as i was watching i was like Get me back to Thorfinn. Like, I want to see what's going on with Thorfinn. Yeah. I was, I was, I was Ralph 
not Ralph. I was Milhouse, Nelson, Bart, Lisa, like all in that focus group for Poochie saying like, when Poochie's not around, people should be asking, where's Poochie? That's how I felt about Thorfinn, you know, like yeah. where's Thorfinn? It's, but yeah. throughout the episode, I was like, God damn, Canute, like, yeah, had me captivated, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely as this season progresses, it's a necessary thing to for the audience to have that information um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think that just kind of speaks to what part two or part two what episode or season two is doing and that it's so much more focused like we're so much more invested in this one thing versus season one we were much more comfortable jumping all over the place and spending like all this time with these different uh characters where this is more mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I had that instinct too. I was like, oh, I want to get back to the farm. Oh, so that's how you felt when when you're reading these chapters, however long they were, focusing on Canute. Canute. Um. Yeah. Well, a little bit. I mean, when I was reading this, it was you know those two chapter like that episode was two chapters of the manga. I mean, mm. it was just sort of like, well, I'm I'm back to the farm. Pretty, Taking a, I'm back yeah, to the yeah, farm yeah. pretty quick. It wasn't like I had to wait. <sighs> A week. See, all this shit just makes me like want to like dive into the manga for all these shows. But yeah, man, the I can't the the author of Vinland Saga. I mean, his art is it's top tier. It's really good. I think I thumbed through it when I was at uh, Barnes and Noble and I saw like all of the volumes of Vinland Saga, and I picked up the one, and it said prologue. And it was just season one. I was like, fuck me. And yeah, it was too much. So I know, I know I've seen it. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I guess that brings us up to, to a close, but mm-hmm. next week, I mean, are we bringing anything new to the show? Uh, is there anything you Oof. want to explore? I don't really have anything. On deck. Oh, of course. Of course not. I mean, I just, I watched but, mostly everything today, so I didn't have time to repair a backup Jesus. show. What were you doing this weekend? We, we I was spent like a place. week, I was a in, week in between recordings. I was in, Ber- I was in Berlin at that conference. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I was in Tokyo for the other mm, conference. Gotta go to Tokyo. Yeah. I was just. So many conferences. I, I had conferences all across the world this weekend. Here's uh, what people at home don't know is like. Wasteland anime, it's run on two fronts. Dom here in the great, like, US of A, handling all the rigmarole, and Nathaniel out internationally. <laughs> like, we burned so many episodes onto CDs, and he's bringing them to countries, just popping them in karaoke. Yeah, this bars, is how I find locking the doors. This is how I find sponsors. Yes. For the show. <laughs> all of our sponsors. For the show, I got to go in person to all these different yeah. countries. It's a lot, mm. it's a lot of work. Most of them don't like work. None of them have worked out yet, but. But here's the thing. We played rock, paper, scissors to see who would do this. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just. You won. I don't have. You got I it. don't have any leads. I'm just cold calling. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> hey, I'm just an American with like a really tiny podcast, like super small. Yeah, can I pop small. over to Russia for a couple days? Mr. Putin, you good with that? Yeah. Uh, I'm thankful you returned. It, <laughs> it was scary there for a little bit. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about this throughout the week, but I feel like we should bring something else because 
I mean, as it stands, we just got Vinland Saga, Tomochan, and Blue Lock, right? Yeah, just the classics. Um, and had I not like did this little interstitial with uh, Tokyo Revengers and My Hero, uh, this would be a 17 minute podcast. I'm worried about that. Like, mm-hmm. we can't have that. Uh, right. I mean, <laughs> we do still have the uh, the Chainsaw Man. Um, we do, but here's the thing, dude. Arcs. I read all that like over a month ago. Uh, it's not fresh in your mind I- anymore. No, like I know Santa Claus is a, he's a, you know, he's in the mix. You know, I know like hell is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, gender. Yeah, we're not going to get into that either way. um, It's all it's all up there. I guess I can refresh and we can talk about that by ourselves a little bit more time. We can just do that. It's just because I with my my girlfriend, I have caught back up. All the way, like she's current right now with the manga. I thought, I thought we weren't like. I thought she you were waiting for me. I know, but she couldn't help it. Why didn't you we slash her going. tires or something, man? Keep her, like, keep her from doing that. Like, bust her glasses. I know she wears glasses. You should have flushed those fucking things down the toilet. Be a man. Well, here we are. Be a man. Nathaniel, right. stand up. Stand up. All right. Well. We'll figure it out. I mean, all right. I mean, we'll uh, do that then. I uh, so wait. Should we reconvene later in the week just to do a manga episode, and you'll splice it in with the anime, so that way I can start reading to catch up, or do you want to do it all together? Uh, well, I think if we're doing an episode where we don't have a lot to talk about, I mean, I, I think we could just do it all together. If if you're okay. if you like familiarize yourself with it all again in time so for the next episode with like anime hot takes and reread all this shit and be personable and engaging and very fucking funny. God, we all have our crosses to bear, folks. Yeah, and these are mine, but I do it for you, uh, Nathaniel. Did like I type my name in Google. Uh, we are on a lot of like anime lists. <laughs> it's just, it's got to be just people like throwing shit at the wall. I know. They just I know. like they just go into this is an anime podcast, Apple Podcasts, and they're like, w- just let me just find what's on the first five pages of anime when yeah. I type in anime podcast. I know that's got that's got to be it. It was very odd because. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just decided to like, I do it every once in a while. I did, so I did that and I found our original podcast and it had like all the ep- like it had the episode titles, but none of the audio because it's not hosted anywhere anymore. But it was funny just reading some of those titles and seeing it back in like 2018 and all that shit. But yeah, I was, I was just like, whoa, uh, we're on some lists. It, it's a thing. So we're out there. Uh, no one's reached out. You checking that email, right? Yeah, haven't gotten a Supreme Supreme hit us up for like a merch uh, collab, you know, Wasteland <laughs> merch like get at us. <laughs> I'm I, getting that fashion line off the ground, baby. I that's funny you say that. I <laughs> what did you I, just I, I know invest so, in Supreme? No, what did you but do? I I know someone who knows someone who has like a very at the head office of Supreme who's like high up at Supreme. They could they could get things done. So 
Nathaniel, we, <laughs> we could both get our cars wrapped in yeah, Supreme. Like, I know. let's do that. Every time I see them, they're always like in Supreme merch just because they have like Dripped boxes. Out. They just have boxes of it. Can you get me some Supreme shit? I, I you could couldn't I you? probably said. get me a Supreme body bag or something like I probably like, certainly uh, could. Okay, hey, hey, it's Black History Month. I, <laughs> you got to pay your dues. Hmm. We'll see. It's been over thirty years. You haven't given me anything. We'll see. I could probably Black History. Month. I could probably get you a beanie or something. I don't want a beanie. Uh, I want to be okay. Give me whatever. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. They Just o- give me whatever. They offer me. I don't know if they're joking, but they offer me uh, stock su- options Supreme. every time they see you. No, they're just like, oh, you want the Supreme stuff? I'm like, fuck no. But I guess if if you <laughs> if you want it, what? Maybe I'll start. Fuck no. I'll start. <laughs> fuck no. I mean, I can't. I, I love can't. how vicious you are. Fuck no. <laughs> fucking ball your fist up and grab the collar and you're like don't you ever offer me anything <laughs> this is why we are nowhere right now you're, you're not wheeling and dealing out here you're spitting people's food and you're like wasteland anime sent me you're like you're kicking tables over oh nathaniel oh you froze Ooh, you just froze for me well nathaniel froze i'm gonna uh, stop oh, recording man, right I- now Hey, oh, no, I'm back. Okay, you're I'm back. back. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just about to stop recording, but yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll you know, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try and get you the Supreme Brick. How about that? Yes. Yes. Get me the Supreme Brick, please. No, get me anything you can that's Supreme. That's hilarious because I am not a, Sup- a quote unquote Supreme person, but. I would not wear it. It would be funny as shit. I would, yeah. I would love that shit, especially if I showed up to work because I know a couple people at work would be like, yo, is that real? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I do. <laughs> so, yeah, please. Uh, that would be fucking great. All right. I'll- Until <laughs> next time. All right. Yo, this Wasteland Anime Supreme collab. It's coming, baby. Uh Jesus, we need to talk about how you know this person. Like, we'll get into that later. But uh, until next time, guys, this has been Wasteland Anime Pod. We'll be coming in back at you with uh, some Chainsaw Man manga takes. Vinland Saga, episode six, I believe. Uh, Tomochan is a girl. Blue Lock. Maybe I'll catch back up with My Hero and Tokyo Revengers and continue to regale Nathaniel with mediocrity. Mm, uh, until next time. Thank you for listening. We're out of here. Goodbye. Later.